The Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome. The time has just gone by. It is one minute after 6 p.m. on a Thursday, which means it's time for us to give you your weekly dose of business and economics news. That's here, right here on the Business Buzz. My name is Mudeo Mob, Justice Gavaza, and we are broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bramfontein at Voice of Vids. Uh, who says that business can't be entertaining? Certainly today we have a very entertaining show for you. Uh, we're going to be delving into the topic of uh, tourism in South Africa, the business around it, the industry around it and what it's looking like in uh, in May 2018. Some very interesting facts. Um, it seems that uh, tourism for the seventh year uh, consecutively has been uh, the global tourism and sector has outperformed uh, the rest of the global economy. In 2017, it was the fastest growing broad economic sector and then it showed uh, stronger growth uh, than all other sectors including manufacturing, which which only grew by 4.2%, retail, which only grew by 3.4%, agriculture, forestry, fisheries, and then financial services. This is according to uh, Gloria Guevara, who is the president and CEO of the World Travel and Tourism Council, uh, who also says that travel, sorry, and tourism um, creates jobs, drives economic growth, and helps build better societies. So that's just some preamble because we're going to be talking more around the economy. Um, what does tourism mean for the economy? We're also going to be talking to some guides um, around that business, around how how people are actually coming receiving South Africa and how South Africans are receiving their own cities as well. So that's how the show is going to be looking like. But before we get into all of that, we're going to be having uh, our business wrap. And today, you know, if you've been listening to the show, you know that we usually have Des, we have Ken and we have Vumi. Uh, but today we have someone new who is joining our business wrap team. Uh, so definitely make sure you tune in for that. It's on the other side of this. And then after that, we're going to be getting into our Buffalo Index. That's the part of the show where we tell you the state of your 100 rand. You can uh, join us on social media. Join in the conversation. Tell us what you think about the topics, um, whether you agree or disagree with some of the news topics that we are talking about, whether you feel like tourism is a viable industry to be getting into. On Facebook, we have our FM, that's Voice of Vits, uh, um, 88.1. And then um, this is just a note for people that have been listening to the show for a while that our The Business Buzz page um, is now closed down. You can find all of our material through the Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we are at VowFM. Our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. And then on WhatsApp, that's 0840784912. You can also stream the station live. That's VowFM.co.za. And remember that uh, podcasts are off. Um, the Business Buzz show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business. And then so that's how the show is looking like today. Make sure you keep it locked. We're here until about 7 p.m. right here. So don't turn the dial. This is 88.1. More justice on the Business Buzz. This is the Business Buzz right here on VFM 88.1. It's time for us to get into our business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you your weekly 
roundoff of business and economics news. Today, I am happy uh, to be in studio with uh, Zanele Kunene, who is our financial expert uh, coming in from BDO Wealth Advisors. Uh, she, she, she's uh, the new blood uh, you know, to our <laughs> business drive team. So, welcome. How are you, Zanele? I'm good. And yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So, in terms of the economy, in terms of the news, in terms of commerce, I understand that our favorite president in the world uh, recently made a life-changing decision that has, uh, to some experts say that he has undone um, decades of uh, diplomatic policy in America. Uh, What's going on? What has brother Donald Trump done for us this time? Oh, yes. And on Tuesday, Donald Trump announced his decision to exit from the um, the Iran nuclear deal, which subsequently implies sanctions on Iran. Mm. The main issue is the geopolitical risk that has, um, which means that we will then as a world, as the globe, experience lower growth. And the purpose of the deal, as you said, was um, to, to help. Um, Iran, Iran oh, not top Iran, but top the world. Um, so the purpose of the deal was to re, uh, to restrict Iran from nuclear activities mm-hmm. by prolonging the process of obtaining the mer- the minerals needed to build nuclear weapons, such as minerals such as uranium or plutonium. So that was the main aim of yeah. the deal. Okay, so I, I'm sure some of our listeners might be out there then saying to themselves, "Okay, Donald Trump, we've spoken in Iran, but what does this have to do with South Africa?" Well, as we all know, um, Iran is known for two things, their weapons and oil. So Iran being one of the major producers of oil would mean that any sanction placed on them would affect the oil price. Mm. And as a bit of a side note, last week, Wednesday, the oil price hiked up at about 50 cents. So this um, sanction would make petrol a bit more costly. Um, The sanctions on Iran mean that they they, they might not be able to supply that oil or that furthermore, if any other country were to trade with Iran... Um, they would face being sanctioned by America as well. Oh, wow. So it does have consequences on us. But the the question then becomes, uh, what would happen is if America uh, was to place sanctions on us then? Well, uh, <laughs> well, South Africa's export in goods plus services represents 26.9 percent of the total of the total South African economic output. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. Mm. And our relationship with America is quite amazing because for our trade industry, as they promote increased trade and they strengthen our competitiveness in trading right here in Africa. And as a bit of a side note. Um, as a country, we are currently struggling to close the revenue gap and efforts to reduce the budget deficit, as you know, they increased the VAT increase, um, which applied this year to produce about $23 billion to help our budget deficit. Yeah. However, we still do need some more revenue and that is why trading with companies such countries i mean such as america really helps create that revenue that we need so in other words we need america we do not need to be sanctioned by america so uh, the other thing because uh, previously when we've had conversations with des one of the uh, topics we we keep coming back to is the rand um oh, the yes. rand the rand the rand and i think uh, this year the rand has actually strengthened quite a lot um compared to uh, previous years pre uh, previous quarters so what would would uh, Trump's decision actually do to our rand because clearly there's effects. Yes, there are. Um, in the past week, the rand actually weakened to about 12.72 cents. However, after Trump's announcement, the rand strengthened. Oh, okay. Yeah. So about today, it was at 12, uh, 12.37 cents and it may continue to get stronger or weaker. You could never really 
put your finger on yeah. which way it will go. <laughs> and the reasons perhaps for the strengthening of the rand? Um, the strengthening of the rand is probably investor confidence in South Africa. I yeah. think that leading up to Ramaphosa's election, the rand has been strengthening. Um, and I just say investor confidence in South Africa would have would have then led to the strengthening of the rand. Okay. And then I guess lastly, the the effects on the rest of the South African economy as a whole? Um, in terms of the market, um, there hasn't been that quite, uh, there hasn't been that much movement, um, mm. except for companies, uh, companies such as MTN Group, who are affected. Um, the effect on MTN is that the sanction may limit the ability to repa- repatriate cash from the Iran, um, from the mm. from the Iran business. Sure. And to repa- repatriate means just to converting the foreign cash into the South African currency. Yeah. And even before the whole entire in- the whole entire announcement of Donald Trump. MTN has had a problem with extracting funds from the Iran from the Iran business, um, so they have to try and get their funds now if the sanction were to happen. Mm. So it's not much harder for them. I think you know the, uh, there might be other effects or other companies that might just benefit. Like for example, the harder it is to get oil uh, from a country like Iran, maybe Sasol, you know, it yeah. might be our uh, might be our savior, or they might see an uptick in demand for their product as compared to, you know, so I guess it depends. And that's true. We saw that Sasol shares did actually increase oh. quite a lot. So yeah, you've got a good point there. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's it in terms of our business wrap for today. Um, as you heard, the big news at the moment is the fact that uh, Donald Trump has uh, gone back on the Iran nuclear deal, um, possibly severing d- uh, decades of uh, a lot of U.S. diplomatic policy. And we're just talking around some of the effects uh, that this might have on the South African African economy at the moment and into the future. Uh, thank you so much to Zanele Kunene from uh, BDO Wealth Advisors. Uh, it's her first time. Uh, she did well. Yay! You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, I think in about a month, three weeks to a month, uh, we'll be looking forward to um, doing the business wrap more and more with you. So that's it for today in terms of uh, the business wrap. On the other side of this, we are telling you the state of your 100 rand in our Buffalo Index. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Voice of Vits has signed a code of conduct that is enforced by the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Under the code, we are committed to broadcasting news that is accurate, comment that is fair, and programming that is not harmful to children, does not amount to hate speech, and contains no gratuitous violence or explicit sex. If you think we are not living up to the code, you may inform the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Direct any complaints in writing to BCCSA, PO Box 412365, Craig Hall 2024, or send a fax to... 011-325-5376 or an email to bccsa at nabsa.co.za For more information, please visit www.bccsa.co.za We are back. It's time for us to give you our Buffalo Index for today. That's a part of the show where we tell you the state of your 100 rand. What does it look like? We feel like 100 rand is something that, you know, I, th- I feel like we should be all able to do this hundred grand thing. And in studio, I have uh, uh, Lingyue Zondo, you know, to tell us what's going on out there. How are you, Lingyue? I'm good, thank you, Madiwa. How are you doing today? No, no, I'm all right. So today we're talking tourism. Yes, um, yes, yes. And uh, how, how, how can our hundred grand help us? Awesome. So today we're going to be touching on some very nice, interesting things around um, 
everyone who's in the country or in South Africa on holiday. Yep. Something we all wish we were permanently on. <laughs> um, so we're going to be looking at a few items that are unique to South Africa um, so that people can purchase to remember their time and they stay here or to help them to become familiar with the place prior to them getting here. Yeah. And one of the items are a Monopoly um, game, yeah. which is specific to, like city specific. So yeah. you have one, a Cape Town, Joburg and Durban edition. Yeah. And you can ob- obtain this for four buffaloes, which yeah. is 400 rand. I mean, what better way to get to know the city that you're visiting than playing the local version of Monopoly. Yeah. Very fun way to get to know the place. And then on a more adorable, this has to be one of our <laughs> most adorable offerings, uh, which is the adoption of a penguin. Mm. And you can um, obtain this for two to nine buffaloes um, at 262, 870 rand. And if you are an animal lover or have someone in your family who's an animal lover, you can consider adopting one of these cute animals um, from Southern African Foundation for the Conservation of Coastal Birds. And your donation helps to cover costs like fish, medication, and other essentials for the penguin. And you also get a certificate of of adoption as well as a thank you gift. I think I think that would be very interesting having oh, on the wall. Absolutely, a of as, as a conversation starter of yeah, notes. Exactly. Yeah. I see. I see. You have a penguin. Yeah. Yes, I, I adopted a penguin. Yeah. So yeah, and then on a more practical note, you have a South African guidebook, which you can obtain for zero point eight buffaloes, and this is the the perfect gift, you know, for anyone who's visiting South Africa for the first time or the fifth time, because mm. there's always something new to learn. Yeah. And and then on a, a a more entertaining avenue, entertainment <laughs> <laughs> avenue, you have Amarula, um, and and uh, depending on your country's um, customs and restrictions, Amarula is a unique and tasty souvenir that you can pick up um, in South Africa for around one point seven five um, buffaloes. Mm. Um, so those are the, the the unique products, and then on some you know buffalo trivia, according to Stats SA. When we're looking at the expenditure patterns mm. of um, international visitors versus domestic, this is what they found, is that for, for every buffalo spent by an international visitor in 2013, 27 rands was spent on non-specific products, 15 on tourism-connected products, 14 rand on accommodation, 12 on road transport, and 12 on air with, with the balance of 20 rand being spent on other products mm. versus the domestic visitor exp- expenditure, which is for every buffalo, um, you have 29 rand spent on road transport, um, 19 rands on non-specific products, 15 being spent on accommodation, 14 on air transport, and 10 on tourism-connected products, um, whilst the balance, which is the 13, being spent on other products. So that was just an interesting take on how one uh, one buffalo can be spent so differently. Yeah, it it strikes me though when you when you're talking because it sounds why it really sounds like locals are spending more on transport and accommodation. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it does sound like that because mm. you're seeing a lot more like 29 rands, for example, on road transport. I think, you know, they, our, our locals are into uh, road trips yeah. and all these, uh, you know, sort of um, more fun, laid back, getting to know the the country via the road, um, you know, type of um, um, adventures versus maybe what you would find for someone who is in an inter, you know an international visitor and they're willing to spend less on traveling on road and maybe. <laughs> Maybe they want to have other means of 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 traveling of, of of traveling so yeah so if it was you which one of the gifts would you get out of the four uh we have the monopoly 
Yeah. Uh, you have the penguin, you have the guidebook, and you have the amarula. So it would depend on who I'm getting the gift for. Uh-huh. So if the person is a very practical person, then you know, <laughs> then definitely like a guidebook kind of gift would go. But if it's somebody who's who's an extrovert who likes being around people, um, a, a monopoly would definitely be something that would be valuable to get someone. I mean, you don't want to get somebody who's an extreme introvert a, a, a gift that they're never going to use. It's just going to yeah. sit and collect dust on the shelves. But if they're an extrovert I'll definitely get them like a, a city-specific edition of Monopoly. Okay, I agree with you on the city-specific Monopoly, only mm-hmm. because I feel like it's a nice, fun way, because I've actually played the Joburg one, yeah. and it has things like, I can't remember if it was a Joburg one or if it was like a general South African one, but it had neighborhoods like Camps Bay and Santa and stuff like that. Like, it's a nice way, if, especially if you've never been to South Africa, you're hearing all these words and mm. suddenly, when you do visit, let's say, um, you are in Santa and you'll be like oh this Your re- recollection oh. Yeah, yeah learn yeah. by doing yeah. especially like um, also introducing a very fun element to it yeah. yeah so that's it in terms of our Buffalo Index as you heard right there some very interesting statistics especially the ones coming from um, Stats SA because it seems uh, the my takeaway it seems that locals are spending more on road transport than international people it's, a, it's an interesting nuance and the other nuance I took away is that internationals are spending a lot of money on other yeah this thing called mysterious. other these mysterious <laughs> expenditure we're spending a lot on other but that's it in terms of our buffalo index uh, we are talking tourism and our buffalo index was around uh, the issue of tourism on the other side of this we get into our main topic as we explore the economics uh, around tourism what does the industry look like and we're also going to be talking to uh, some tourism professionals keep it locked this is 88.1 more justice on the business bus. Remember that you can keep in touch with us on Facebook. We are Vits Radio Academy. Um, as I announced earlier on the business buzz Facebook page is no longer active. You can find all our content on uh, the Vits Radio Academy Facebook page together with the Vow FM that's Voice of Vits on Facebook. And then you can find us on Twitter at Vow FM. Our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. Today we are talking about uh, travel and tourism. And uh, some interesting um, statistics coming through from our Buffalo Index, as you heard. And I gave you some other statistics at the beginning of the show. Um, Just some other points of interest is that uh, travel and tourism is forecast uh, to contribute more more to the South African economy in 2018 than any um, other year, according to new research that was released by the World Travel and Tourism Council um, uh, earlier in March, sorry. And then uh, the same research forecasts that the sector will contribute 424.5 billion rand to the overall South African economy in 2018. If you remember the fact that um, one of uh, SARS's um, target for revenue collection at the moment is sitting at around 1.5 trillion, you can see that if um, tourism is contributing uh, 424, that's almost, that's more than a quarter that would be coming um, just from tourism. And uh, that's actually 3% more than in 2017. Travel and tourism uh, supported 1.5 million jobs in South Africa in 2017, 9.5% of total employment in the country. And then the 
World Tourism, um, the Tourism and Travel Council uh, report also estimates that by 2028, almost 2.1 million jobs in South Africa would depend on travel and tourism. And then lastly, the industry contributes 9% of the total gross domestic product of South Africa once uh, all the direct, indirect and induced benefits have been taken into account. So that's it in terms of some some overall statistics around how as the tourism is contributing to the economy and how it's gonna how it's likely to continue uh, being a big driver of economic growth on the line we are joined by professor Melva Seyman who is a professor in tourism management and economics at Northwest University at the Poch of Strom campus and he's also the research director at the tourism research in economics environment and society um how are you prof I'm well, thanks, Madiwa. I'm fine, thank you. As we begin our conversation, um, I just wanted us to begin by um, tackling the issue of uh, South African tourism as a whole. Um, how is how is it looking at the moment in terms of a local versus um, international travel and tourism at the moment? Okay, I, I think from you know from an economic point of view, tourism is healthy. Um, and, and there obviously are areas there that we can that we can improve on. Um, the, the, the backbone of our tourism industry remains our local travel, um, the, the South Africa travel to you know to different parts of, of, of South Africa. So that makes up uh, roughly about eighty percent of, of, of travel, um, and then the rest would go towards uh, your international tourists that mm-hmm. travel to South Africa. Uh, so. What what actually counts as tourism? Like, for example, if I decide that I'm going to take a day trip uh, to Pochestrom to see a friend, uh, are these some of the statistics that are being uh, taken into account when we're measuring um, the tourism figures? No, no. Then, then you're basically seen as a day visitor. Uh, so we distinguish between day visitors and tourists. When we talk about tourists, it's someone that needs to stay at least for 24 hours or travel for at least 24 hours uh, in an area outside his or her home and uh, work area. Um, so then you would qualify as a tourist. And that, those are the numbers that then um, goes into your tourism statistics. I think that then can help us then lead to the next question of what kind of people uh, do we see uh, tending to come to the country and what do they actually do when they're in South Africa? Um, right. If, if you look at, at, at the, the tourist travel to South Africa, um, most of our tourists uh, come from African countries, especially our, our neighboring countries. Um, and when you ask me what do they come to, to do in South Africa, the primary reason is shopping tourism, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so they come to, to do their shopping and they stay here. And, and, and a lot of them obviously also have uh, friends and relatives in South Africa. Yeah. If you go, and you normally distinguish between your African market and, the re- and then the rest of the world because the African market is so big. Yeah. The rest of the world, if you look at our key markets uh, traveling to South Africa, it's mostly Europe, and, and there you have uh, Germans are very high on, on that list, uh, and um, the Brits, uh, France, the Dutch. So so they make up a, a core, you know, from, from the European market, a core uh, group, and then obviously we've seen enormous growth from um, from America, as well as, funny enough, uh, the, the, the East, uh, from Asia. 
And then what are some of the factors that actually um, affect the levels of tourism uh, to South <laughs> Africa? You you mentioned earlier, you mentioned just now the fact that the Germans are at the top of the list when it comes to um, European visitors, for example. Um, what are what are some of the things that are actually attracting them to come to South Africa as opposed to going to other destinations, either in Africa or around the world? Right. What what we've done um, last year, we've done two major surveys amongst uh, international tourists as they were, you know, getting ready to depart from from uh, AR Tombo. Um, we then did a, a survey, and because this is always, you know, from a marketing point of view, a question: What do they actually come to see, and what what do they want to do? Uh, the key reasons. Um, funny enough, the first one is very high: is, is our fauna and flora, in other words, our natural uh, assets. Value for money came at uh, very high. Uh, another one that was a surprise because we always kind of like downplay our service levels, but service uh, quality of service was rated like ninety seven percent. Yeah, uh, and and climate. And then the fifth one, uh, which was also interesting, is our cuisine and the avail- you know the availability, the variety of cuisine, and 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 with, when we talk about cuisine, it also obviously caters for for drinks like wine and stuff like that. <laughs> you know so. So that was interesting, um, and, and those are things that we would not normally promote in, 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 in our marketing campaigns. And in the survey, would you say that people seem to be comfortable in the area? Um, do they come here with perceptions of any kind, either fears, um, or do they sort of are, or are international visitors just open to whatever the experience is? Right. Uh, again, from the from the survey, it was interesting because we we, we we tackled the issue of safety because that's always you know a, a burning issue, um, and we didn't ask them you know did they feel safe or yes or no and 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 what were their reasons, um, and but before I answer that, you, you must remember that in in our survey, fifty two percent were first time visitors, which I think is great. Oh wow! Um, you know, it, it shows that there's a huge increase uh, or, or, or number of, of, of first-time visitors, and I think it's important. Um, so that gives you a good sense of, of, of what is the perception out there. And 86% indicated that they felt safe in South Africa, which I think is, is quite good. I mean, yes, you, you would like to have it much better, I agree. Um, but if you travel overseas, people will always raise the issue of, of safety and say, well, no, how safe is it? So... If you look at the results, um, in general tourists, uh, and it's most probably, you know, the areas that they travel uh, to, um, that I think that there's generally high levels of, of, of security. Um, but uh, the safety perception was much better than we anticipated it to be. And then just staying on this, uh, just one more question on uh, on the survey, um, because uh, coming back to the economics is in terms of cost of living, uh, because I've often heard that um, South Africa's cost of living tends to be uh, a bit less or comparatively to um, cont- yeah. uh, to your mm-hmm. European countries uh, and the Americas and Australia, for example. So is that also yeah. something that's that's a driver for people to actually come here? Yes, it, it came out as, as one of the five key reasons, uh, the, the issue of value for money. So we looked at affordability um, and, um, you know, in, in general, that's, that's, I think, one of, of, of our draw cards. Um, I mean, and, and if you look at, at the McDonald's index, the, the one that they use, the burgers from different uh, 
countries around the world to do a comparison between South Africa is doing extremely well in that, which yeah. shows you that, uh, you know, um, affordability is there. And, and again, I think it's one of our big draw cards. Okay. Uh, so moving on from there, in terms of the actual money uh, in, that's actually coming to South Africa, whether it's contributions from the local um, local travelers or international travelers, who's actually benefiting the most? Is it, as we suspect, because um, generally the public would expect that your accommodation, your transport and sightseeing activities would be some of the profit-making entities when it comes to tourism, but are there any other the spillover industries that are seeing um, benefit from tourism or is it just as we think that it's all about the accommodation and the transport? Yeah, accommodation is, is quite high um, but also uh, you must remember that when they visit South Africa uh, and, and, and you asked the question earlier, you know, places that they visit um, and maybe I must just quickly, you know, go back to that part. Uh, Cape Town is, is number one, uh, very high on the agenda, and then uh, Kruger National Park. So now, now let's take Kruger National Park as an example. Um, they would obviously uh, cater for these tourists, and, and, and so a lot of money goes to those areas. And because, um, you know, national parks or, or natural areas uh, is high on the agenda, um, it actually means that a lot of money actually goes to, to, to rural areas. Um, so it's a combination of, of accommodation, but also attractions that are benefiting. Restaurants are obviously also benefiting. Um, and then service providers, such as if you take along our coastline where they do shark cage diving and whale watching and, 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 and those operators, um, they also benefit hugely from, from the tourism sector. So, in terms of that as well, what what uh, what is also the effect of tourism um, on the South African economy? Uh, because we obviously think of money and job creation, uh, but are there any other spillover effects like development, for example? Yeah, I, I think that's that's one that we kind of like underplay. Um, we, we tend to focus on you know so much was spent or this to GDP. Um, which is great, and I mean, tourism is doing well, as, as you mentioned earlier, when you, when you gave some of those statistics. But there's, a, let's take the uh, uh, 2010 World Cup um, soccer. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the contribution that that made to infrastructure alone. I mean, if you look at road infrastructure and in the area where you live, uh, uh, there was huge developments in, in, in Johannesburg area in terms of road infrastructure. Uh, we talk about upgrading of airports. We talk about uh, upgrading of uh, stadiums. And, and from that, you actually then also have entrepreneurs that come into the sector and say, well, I would like to open up a B&B or a guest house or a hotel, or I, maybe I, I should offer tourists, you know, different souvenirs and stuff like that. Um, so it, it, it is a, a multidisciplinary uh, industry. Um, and once you start with one kind of development, uh, it generates a lot of other developments. If I can mention one more, take Kruger National Park. Uh, I mean, there you have a park, and most of the areas around the, the park benefit from the park in some way or the other, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's just being tourists who buys, uh, you know, souvenirs or even just, um, you know, food or, or whatever. Um, and, and, and that's the kind of thing that I think tourism uh, does, and it's also one of the reasons why uh, the president in his uh, State of the Nation address said that tourism is one of the key role players and key industries that should drive our economy. Um, continuing on the on uh, the point you've just made around um, tourism being a, a key 
industry in South Africa and contributing to the economy. Uh, we spoke yeah. earlier on in our introduction about uh, the fact that the World Tourism and Travel Council recently predicted that uh, the tourism sector would contribute uh, more to the South African economy this year uh, than any yeah. other industry and contributing around 425 billion rand, uh, which is up 3% from 2017. Why do you think this is, why do you think um, tourism is outperforming um, the rest of the sectors in the economy? Well, I, I think the, 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 um, the contribution um, comes from, uh, just going to your, to your report, uh, we, we are seeing that the, the world economy is, 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 is starting to, to pick up. And, and, and once, you know, other economies are doing well, then uh, we tend to benefit. That's one, one issue. And, and, and maybe another one is that even though we always talk about safety, a lot of, you know, the, 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 the terrorist activities in other parts of the country or of the world is actually benefiting South Africa to a large extent. We've seen that, you know, once, once there are these attacks taking place, and I'm not, you know, saying that it's good for, for those places to experience <laughs> this kind of thing, but uh, for us, we are benefiting from, from, from it. Um, and, and as long as the, the world economy starts to grow and, and people have more uh, money available for tourism, um, we will kind of benefit from that. And added to that, um, we've seen that, talking about trends, that there is a huge movement for people to move to newer destinations or different destinations and to experience different things. And the wonderful thing about our country is that we can offer that. Um, you know, we can offer someone who would like to do bungee jumping, someone who would like to do uh, shark cage diving, or someone who just would like to lie on a beach. Um, you know, we, we offer the world in, in terms of the, the possibilities and, and, and what we have. And lastly, because in the interest of time, we do have to end off here. I want to just focus on the issue of trends that you're bringing up uh, by just asking two quick questions. The first being, um, how much has disruption from um, apps like Airbnb made to um, the tourism industry? And then lastly, does a strong tourism industry, as we've indicated earlier on, actually make it harder or easier uh, for the local South Africans to travel, whether in South Africa or out of South Africa? Okay, let's start with, with, with the last one first. I mean, the, the, the moment you address the issue of accessibility, uh, and, and, and we've just seen in this week, during this week, that uh, the Zulu Natal people indicated that there will be a direct flight coming from Heathrow to, to Durban. The, the moment you open up those uh, access routes, it makes it easier. Um, and uh, it, it makes travel also easier because there are so many more options and, and, and it's a very competitive environment. So from that point of view, I think it's good. Um, and I think it's also good for South Africans to see, you know, um, uh, foreign tourists traveling to South Africa um, and, and meeting with them and, and experiencing them because that gives us the opportunity, especially, I mean, a, a large part of our, uh, of our uh, population cannot afford to stay in three, four or five-star hotels. Um, the, the poverty levels are just too high, but they are still, the, you know, the option of, of traveling to areas um, and to create at least one and two-star accommodation uh, uh, facilities available, um, you know, to, to, to 
to get more people to travel. And that's what we need to do because the more people travel, the bigger the industry. Um, so I think it, it plays a huge, it, it does have a huge impact also from a marketing point of view because people hear and see, uh, even on television, uh, a lot of travel programs and they see, well, I'd like to go to those places as well. So it does have, a, 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 I think, a positive impact on, on local travel. And just touching on the issue of Airbnb, how did that uh, impact on, on, it did, and, and it does still have a huge impact on, on the accommodation sector. The same with the Uber issue um, uh, in terms of transport. Uh, and, and obviously there are, there are pros and cons to this. Uh, I think from, a, from an entrepreneurial point of view, it gives small people opportunity to access the market, uh, which I think is good. Um, and, 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 and from the, you know, the kind of negative, the, 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 those um, establishments that have been established and, and, and that are doing well or did well in the past, they need to come up with new products, new services, in order to grow their markets as well. So it still creates a huge um, competitive environment for people to function in. And as I say, I think that's, that's the right thing to do. That was us on the line. We're talking to Professor Melville Seyman, who is Professor of uh, in Tourism Management and Economics at Northwest University at the Portchester Campus and Research Director at the Tourism Research Economics Environment Society. Just giving us a roundup of what the economy is looking like in terms of tourism. As you heard, there are a number of people coming to South Africa and part of uh, the fact, uh, part of those facts, sorry, is the fact that the cost of living in South Africa is quite decent as compared to the rest of the world um as you heard our service industries seem to be they seem to be impressing uh, the rest of the world quite a bit and the the diversity. And the last thing, the one that really uh, captured me was the fact that um, a lot of international people are traveling to South Africa because of our uh, because of food and the cuisine that is unique to South Africa. So those are the insights coming through from there. On the other side of this, we're going to be talking to some industry, uh, industry professionals. We're going to be talking to Zanya Collin, uh, who is chairperson for the Gauteng Guides Association. Keep it locked. This is 88.1. Mob Justice on the Business Bars. We are talking tourism right here on Vow FM 88.1. Remember that you can uh, get in touch with us, keep the conversation going. That's Vow FM Voice of Vits um, on Facebook. Remember that uh, we no longer have the Business Bars. We have uh, Vits Radio Academy Facebook page where you can find all our content. And then on Twitter, you can find us. That's at Vow FM. Our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. We're talking tourism today. Uh, we just came from giving you some economic highlights around the issue of tourism and how it is contributing to our economy right now. Uh, but for now, we're going to be switching over to the industry itself. And on the line, we're joined by uh, Zanya Collin, who is chairperson for Gauteng uh, Guides Association. How are you, Zanya? Very well. Good evening, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Um, just very quickly, um, please could you just uh, tell us what the uh, what the process uh, is of becoming and being a tour guide in South Africa? Um, because uh, we know that you've been uh, in the tourism industry since 1980 uh, and you've worked for the SA Tourism Board and are a uh, registered national guide um, since 1991. So what is the actual process of becoming and being a tour guide in South Africa? Well, prior to the 1994 act that came into being, we had an RTL that we could do for prior recognition. 
Um, but you do have training facilities that's offering guide training. Um, two of them are here in Victoria, so for the Gauteng guides specifically. Uh, the guides who are, the people who are doing at university the National Diploma, National Tourism Diploma, can also go through to them and get a guide registration through them for Gauteng firstly as a provincial guide and then they can carry on doing more courses to qualify as national guides. Yeah. That's not, it's not an overnight quick fix. <laughs> so, so I guess the, the the question because we have a lot of young people um, that listen to our station. So, would you advise uh, a young person um, wanting to enter the industry to become uh, registered as a tour guide in South Africa? It sounds very glamorous. Yes, everybody <laughs> wants to be a tourist guide because you go to very nice hotels, you meet nice people. But there's a lot of things that you have to take into account. Um, besides training, the training takes some time, but also experience. And then, of course, if you have some foreign languages, you'll definitely get into the top of it because that's where our biggest income is coming from. Pardon me. So, um, foreign languages, European languages, yeah. um, that's in high demand, especially the German-speaking guys at the moment. There's a shortage for that. Spanish, there's a shortage for that. So, there's always... A language guide is, will always get some work. If you only speak um, one or two of the local uh, languages in South Africa, it's a little bit um, restricted. Okay. And there's a lot. There's a lot of guides who can speak that. So it's not. You're not going to be in the top bracket for that. So, um, keeping that in mind, because you've already spoken about the issue of language, what are some of the other concerns um, that people should uh, keep in mind if they want to become a tour guide in South Africa? Well, obviously, somebody with uh, a lack of proper inoculation of a language will not be able to get into your high-end tour guiding. Because you need to speak the language properly. And I know, neither do I. But (laughs) not everybody can do that. So you need to be able to communicate fluently. Yeah. And then, and then, following on from our previous interview, uh, because we actually heard that uh, tourism as a whole is contributing quite a bit um, to the economy. Um, do you find that um, certain events, let's say sports event, for example, uh, sports events, for example, like let's say um, international rugby matches, cricket matches, um, wildlife, and things like that, um, how do they affect your particular industry? Um, if people are coming in for sport, does that increase demand for um, tour guides, for example? It does, but only at that stage. Um, tourism is not a 12 months of a year occupation. Yeah. A lot of the guides are doing freelance, and they have to know that there are certain periods that it's very quiet, and if you don't work, you're not going to get money. Sports events, yes. But they are also not, they're not even 10 months in a year. Yeah. 
So it's a single event. But yes, then you can make a bit of money, but you need to know and you have to be aware that you have to save up for those months that you don't get any income. And then what are some of the best parts, uh, parts of the jobs? Because um, we've already spoken around, um, you spoke about the fact that it's not as glamorous um, as some people might make it uh, out to be. Uh, but from that, uh, what are some of the points about the job um, that actually make it worthwhile that you yourself enjoy? Oh, you get to places that you will never be able to get to when you are living in South Africa. Yeah. Um, you go to five-star lodges that, I mean, I'm not even getting that as a salary, a monthly salary, and that's what they pay per day. So those are the advantages. You fly around, you can get miles, so you can then do your own flying around in the country. Um, you get great food that I'm not being able to cook at home. So there are very nice things. You can be in the wild, you can be on the beach, you can be in the mountains, you can do hiking. All those things add up to the excitement of the job. And then... Um, I can oh, add sorry. that you have to... A guide must get a niche. Yeah. They must go for what they like. If they like architecture, go for that. If they like field guiding, go for that. It's a, it's a wide range of things that you can do, but you have to get a niche in what you are good in. Um, I think lastly, um, as we end our discussion, I like the fact that you've actually brought in um, the issue of niches because I was actually going to ask, um, is it correct to assume that guides, um, you have to sort of stay in the area or or, or place that you're in for a while since you have intimate knowledge uh, of that particular area? So for example, if you're a guide and you have expertise um, on the Kruger National Park, for example, does that necessarily mean um, the rest of your tourism guide career sort of tied to that particular area? Or can a tour, or, or do tour guides have flexibility to actually move uh, between different areas? Absolutely, you can move around. Um, a Kruger Park guide that has got a site qualification in the Kruger Park can qualify higher higher qualifications and they can start moving outside the country. So it's not that you are bound to the country itself. We have lots of overland guides that do in Zambia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Namibia. So there are guides that are out there doing that already. Um, but you are not bound. And if you're not just field guide or not just a cultural guide, you can expand and you can do your continuous professional development and continue learning and expand it by that. So... You heard it right there. That was us on the line talking uh, to Zania, uh, who was Zania Colin, who is chairperson of the Houteng Guides Association. Um, the, the takeaway, you don't have to, you can move around if you're a guide. As you heard, there are a number of countries. If you're a, a guide and you have your qualifications, for example, in wildlife, you can move around a number of different countries. And you also heard the fact that um, if you want to be, if you want to be a guide, definitely go and find your niche. And then uh, the other takeaway for me was just the fact that um, you get to travel quite a bit and see a number of different places. On the other side of this, we end off our show. This is 88.1. The, the Business Buzz.
That brings us to the end of our show. We were talking about tourism. Thank you so much uh, to everyone who was listening to the show. Uh, thank you to our guests. Uh, we had a new member of our business rap team. We were talking um, to Zanele Kunene, who gave us our business rap earlier on. Um, thank you so much uh, to Professor Malvo Seyman uh, from uh, the University of the Northwest, uh, giving us a roundup of the economy uh, in tourism. And then lastly, um, thank you to Zanya Colin, chairperson of the Gauteng Guides Association, telling us about what it means to be a tourism and travel guide in South Africa. Uh, some takeaways is just the fact that I think tourism is just one of those industries that I think can actually push a country forward. If you look at uh, countries like, uh, I'm just off the top of my head, if you look at countries like Hawaii, that's not a country it's a state in a country but if you look at the island of uh, the islands of hawaii for example um what they're mainly known for is uh, the issue of tourism and a lot of the economy is driven just uh from uh, travel and tourism and all of that stuff so uh, travel can actually help to um grow an area and can help to employ people as you heard um the industry is going to be contributing uh 1.5 is contributing 1 5 million jobs at the moment and if you consider the fact that um, right now South Africa's tax base is sitting at around 6.5 million that's actually a significant number so if you have a business of some sort I would say go and align it in some way uh, to the tourism industry and find a way uh, to leverage the tourism industry in South Africa if you are in South Africa go and visit your neighboring towns go uh, outside of your province go see the country because South Africa is a big country and there's a lot to see. Uh, I always get sad when you hear that someone has never actually left um, the place that they're in because there's so much diversity, there's so much value um, that the country actually has. So that brings us to the end of our show today. Remember that you can uh, keep in touch with us on social media. We are Vow FM, that's Voice of Vits, on Facebook. And you can also find us. Our content is on the Vits Radio Academy Facebook page. On Twitter, we are at Vow FM. Our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. WhatsApp, that's 0847849912. Stream us live on vowfm.co.za. And you can find us. Uh, podcasts are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business. And then make sure that you keep it locked because on the other side of this, uh, we have life beats that's about to um take over from about 7 p.m so definitely make sure you don't turn that dial thank you so much to our amazing production team our executive producer Elna Schutz, our producer um and then our technical production is done by kutluano serame for myself mudio mob justice gawaza it's good evening and take care mob justice on the business bars Listen to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Only on Vow FM. The Business Buzz Podcast.